0: Welcome to the Huff and Stuff podcast, where common sense is
1: being brought back to our society, one episode at a time. Relax. Turn your radio and headphones up. The show starts in three, two.
0: Welcome back to the Huff and Stuff podcast. I am your host, Nick Huffsteller, coming to you from a local dojo here in the Palmetto State, South Carolina. If you are a first time listener, thank you very much for listening in. If you like what you hear, please like and share with your family, friends, and coworkers. We have now expanded Huff and Stuff podcast to Apple. So if you have a Apple product, iPad, cell phone, it's easier access now. The Apple Podcast app automatically comes on it, so it's easier to access. So if you like what you hear today, please like and share with your family, friends, and coworkers. Very excited. We just finished up our last episode with Mr. J on the First and Second Amendment. There has been several requests for him to come back on the podcast. I'm planning on having him back before Fourth of July to do one on Declaration of Independence. So be on the lookout for that. I am very excited today to have my guest today with me. I'll introduce you to him here in just a minute. Keep on sending me the photos of putting your shopping carts back. We're getting pictures every other day of people putting their shopping carts back, bringing awareness to laziness, and the new slogan we're doing is report a pothole. So if you see a pothole, take a picture of it. The address, hashtag SCDOT and Huff and Stuff Podcast, and I will get those to the DOT as well. All right, without further delay, let's go ahead and dive into this episode. In our current culture, we are finding it harder and harder to find a leader and what a leader is and the qualities of what makes a leader. Also, people have embraced this victimhood mentality. Everybody's a victim. Nobody takes ownership of their mistakes and it's turning into an epidemic in our current culture in our country. And you know, some people may want to rise above that and try to be more uh receptive and more responsible for what's going on and trying to be more aware of their surroundings as far as situational awareness and want to know more how to defend themselves. And that's why I've asked my guest today, Richard White, to be on the podcast. Richard is someone I have known personally a little over 12 and a half years. I've had the privilege and honor of working with him in the private sector. I also currently still train with him have off and on for the past 12 and a half years. Uh, Richard is one of those people who embrace the qualities of a true leader. I can, anybody who's worked with him can attest to the same thing, but I'm saying he was always there for his guys. He always put his guys above himself. Whenever we ate, all his guys ate first, he ate last. Whenever we were in a fight, he was right there fighting next to us. Whenever we got called into the office, Richard was always there taken up for his guys and just small stuff like that is qualities what make a true leader and i couldn't think of anybody else to be on the podcast today that's why i've asked you to join us richard thank you very much for being on the podcast thank you for doing it
1: no i'm glad that you invited me uh and by the way i'm highly impressed with your intro it's uh wasn't expected
0: <laughs> well that mixed with a little bit of alcohol you know <laughs> sometimes it works out so here we are um richard so People out there listening, Richard just uh, retired from law enforcement. He had 32 years in law enforcement. He was a sniper on the SWAT team. He does um, martial arts. He's pretty much a jack of all trades. I'm gonna let him introduce himself to y'all and his expertise and Richard, take it away. Tell tell the audience a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, Done 32 years, as you already explained, in law enforcement, did 21 years on the SWAT team, Uh, 16 of those years also as a sniper. dual roles being on a team like that uh let's see 35 years in martial arts and let's see back in 95 the healing arts through okay. uh, professor tom ryan okay so
0: um do you miss law enforcement
1: i miss the guys uh when it comes to the political realm of everything no i don't miss that okay. yeah
0: Well, again, thank you for doing that. You've always been the epitome of a leader to me and everybody that's known you, one of the most humblest people you'll ever meet. But however, I would not fight him. He could take a whole army out with his pinky. Um, We call him Mr. Miyagi. It's just one of those things (laughs) where he uh, he's very humble. He will not show his skills, but I, I would not fight him ever. And I'm still learning from him. So like I said, Richard, thank you very much for everything you you've taught me over the years. We're recording this episode on Father's Day, so Richard, happy Father's Day and happy Father's Day to Thank all you. the fathers out there as well. Thank you, yes. All right, we're gonna go ahead and jump into this episode. Um, we always try to start off the podcast with some um, news, current events, stuff that's going on right now. I discussed some of it with Mr. J on the last podcast. We had just had the Uvalde shooting in Texas. 19 students, two teachers died. There's been mixed emotions on the response time Tell us a little bit, what's what's your thoughts on that, opinion on that, from what you picked up so far?
1: You know, I'm not gonna, and we discussed this earlier, uh, I'm not gonna armchair quarterback, you know, especially multiple states away, Uh, I wasn't there. Uh, A lot of information is coming out on the news on what didn't happen and what should have happened. Yeah, it breaks my heart, Uh, you know, as well as working with me uh, and, and some of the calls that we've been on. Uh, you know I'm gonna do what it takes sure. and just like any good officer would should do. Uh, sometimes this could involve you know disobeying a high command uh, where you're at uh, if you need to get the job done and do the right thing right uh, you know sometimes we're tested and I'm not going to take this away from any officer or especially down there you know but sometimes you're going to be tested. Sure. And, and when that time comes when it's time to be uh place yourself in that position you know that's that's when the true metal uh comes up from the forging uh whether you will or can or will be able to and it could be anywhere from you know lack of training uh it has a lot of, lot to do with it uh but uh you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit there and armchair sure quarterback from here Sure. Uh, just give you my opinion, if, if I could make access to the door, uh, you know how I am. Right. You know, now I'm going to do what it takes to get through the door. Yeah. And if uh, whether, uh, you know, if I get hit going through the door, but, you know, say you or somebody else can stop that shooter, then a bunch of kids, you know, more than likely could survive. Right. So, you know, that's that's the job I chose it right. doesn't pay a lot it's not glorified but you know it's just not looking to be a hero it's you know
0: nobody got in it for the money yeah get yeah,
1: yeah. And, and and they shouldn't be coming in and getting into it be to look to be praised as a hero It's you're doing a job that that either you love to do or you don't
0: Take and serve that's what we do
1: that's right so
0: all right um we'll talk probably more on that here in detail here shortly um let's go ahead and jump in like I said I kind of want to reiterate what I said in the introduction here um I think we are seeing a shift in our culture people are taking a step backwards as far as playing victim men have gotten weak over the years um, nobody wants to confront any issues people are scared of guns what do, what do you think has caused all that
1: I think lack of either a father in the house or the home uh being raised uh effective leadership uh sometimes views and uh you know christianity sure you know faith in god right you know read the bible yeah you know or or if and if you don't and i'm not saying i'm perfect at it uh you know i know where i lay with him and i know that you know, we have our conversations. Right, right. <laughs> sometimes they're not pleasant, yeah. but we have our conversations. And uh, I think that's where that all kind of lays right there. You know, what kind of upbringing have you had? Uh, I think education sometimes in the system now, education system now, and some of the things that they're bringing to the table in these schools is like, really, that's it's not a, I don't agree with it. Right. You know, you're there to educate, educate. Sure. Not, not push your opinions and views on these kids. Uh, you know, they can grow up and start making that decision themselves, but I think it still comes back to the household itself.
0: Sure, and and there's been studies done on that where a lot of these people who commit these heinous crimes, it all goes back to fatherless homes. Yes. Exactly right on that. Um, and like I said, that, when you have a mom and dad involved, people tend to be better off and they grow into being, um, mature can make adult decisions when they get older as well so exactly right on that all right um i think there's this term being thrown around in the last couple years known as toxic masculinity everything is toxic now um when we take classes they're saying that the word warrior is toxic you know when we train we're supposed to have a more a warrior mindset as far as taking out the threat like body shooting it's that's what we're trained to do and It all goes back to, you know, when is enough enough? I mean, men are not taking the leadership roles, in my opinion, that they should be. Um, What's your take on that?
1: Uh, I I think a lot of these people that say that the warrior mindset is wrong, uh, they don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about. Uh, Because if you look back at a a large majority of great warriors, not only were they warriors, but they end up being poets, artists, you know, they scholar and other things other than warfare. Right. You know, and uh, I think people use that word too loosely and, and then that gets misinterpreted, you know, into the public view that, oh, we don't want you to be a warrior, you know, we, we want you to be a protector. Well, that's what warriors did. Right. You know, warriors are meant there to, to be the protector. You know, they are the ones that, you know, either train hard, uh, make the right decisions, uh, when they, when need be, or put their input in, right, uh, uh, they stand there for their family, stand there for the community. You know, it, that to me is a warrior. That you know, standing up for what's right, you know, and belief doesn't mean you always have to uh, pertain to violence. Which a lot of people think that warrior pertains to direct violence, and it's not. But like I said, it's uh, you know, read back in history, a lot of warriors were were scholarly and artists and great men in those fields sure so
0: and you know years ago there was a rite of passage fathers passed down to their son and now what do we have participation trophies i mean yeah everybody's a winner there's no right and wrong you know things are participating and we've gotten a long way from that as a a culture in america no i agree with you i think that's a big part of it um
1: Yeah, yeah i agree with you i think uh you know, it's kind of like what i pass on to my daughter you know i always tell her you know in fact just the other day uh she was barrel uh training she does barrel racing right you know and she's getting better and better at it but you know uh the horse was giving her kind of a hard time and, and she didn't want to turn <laughs> at the end but she was dogging and pulling on that you know horse something i don't know anything about horseback riding and uh you know she, she uh, the instructor told her, said, do you want another horse? And she said, no. And good. And so we and I said, you know, we don't take the easy route. We we take right. the hard route and see what we can accomplish at the end of that hard route, which will be a lot more, uh, you'll feel a little bit more honored about yourself than you would if you took that easy
0: route. And John Wayne says courage is falling off the horse and saddling up getting on there anyway
1: anyway yep <laughs> or, yeah courage is being scared uh being scared to death but saddling up anyways up anyway yep right
0: um and we discussed this before the podcast but like it kind of goes back to no one likes a warrior to the enemies at the gate yes and we talked about that earlier you know everybody wants to put their opinion in their two cents in about what people did right and wrong but whenever shit hits the fan they're the first to go where's the law enforcement where are the people you know even when we had the flood here in 15 nobody was screaming toxic masculinity they were like where's the guys in their john boats come get me out of my my house house. for y'all don't know south carolina had a flood back in 15 was the 100 year flood and uh several neighborhoods flooded out and people were bombarded i mean people got their john boats and was rescuing them and nobody's nobody's screaming toxic masculinity then so like i said it it kind of goes back at that point no one likes a warrior to the enemies at the gate
1: yep so yep, until it, until it happens, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I think it's an unfortunate thing, uh, and seeing like, uh, new hires and like that coming in, trying to instill that, that mentality in them that, you know, Hey, you know, you're going to have to do some uncomfortable things, even though it's in the right way, but it's going to be uncomfortable. You know, you, are you prepared for that?
0: Right. Yeah. You know. All right. I think well, we can all start off, and I'll let you take over here in just a minute. But I think how you present yourself to a person is everything. We all know first impressions are everything. If you're coming across unkempt and overweight, you know, from are the Are you m-
1: describing me right now?
0: <laughs> you, are the, you are the epitome <laughs> of physical fitness, Richard. <laughs> da, 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 da
1: Was it, uh, like I said, uh, uh, Han Solo, Who's scruffy looking right now? That's, <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> I didn't even recognize. I didn't even recognize this man when we came here. It's like Grizzly Adams. He went off the reservation, got the beard, the hair, and everything. He's gone nomad. But uh, physical fitness has is a key part of how we present ourselves as well. Um, I'll let you take over on that. It's it's pretty much how you carry yourself and present yourself. First impressions are everything.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, physical fitness is a uh, is something I think everybody should strive for whether through injury or you're overweight uh, and i'm not saying you got to be out here and be an olympic athlete or david goggins or anything like that right but no one says you couldn't or that you can't uh you know through physical fitness you know mr everybody used to tell me he said you know just get up if you're at your desk get up and if you can't do push-ups do 10 angle push-ups on the wall throughout the day because you will be surprised before you know it you're gonna be doing push-ups on the ground right you know uh step away and and just do a couple air squats right. throughout the day every time just kind of like uh, i challenged you and welch yes that one night for pretty much a 13-hour shift 20 push-ups oh every yeah. Hour. yeah oh yeah. yeah i remember yeah you I guys hated I remember. me yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it was, <laughs>
0: that was pretty brutal um i'm still alive y'all we survived <laughs> And, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but our culture now is we make excuses for everything. We got 30 minutes for Netflix. We got $5 for coffee. We don't want to invest $20 for a gym membership. Yeah. Or, you know, people, people always make an excuse.
1: And even if you can't afford a, a gym membership, you know, get out and walk. You know, it's uh sometimes cut back on, you know, I mean, I like I like bad food that's unhealthy for your shit sometimes, you know. Sure. Uh, but I love, you know, healthy foods like sushi and things like that. And, and, uh, but it is, it's, and very lean meats, especially venison. Sure. And, uh, but you know, it, it's the ideal of, you know, stop coming up with the bullshit excuses. Right. You know, like I said, you know, no one's asking you to be the, uh, Olympic Adonis or anything like that. You know, it's, uh, do you want to be there for the ones that you love later on? right You know? Uh, because even if you're not going to be incredibly muscular fit physically or whatever, and what, you know, you know, I'm not trying to be this, not, you know, it's not what, I don't think anybody is suggesting though. Uh, like some trainers at gyms or anything like that, or personal trainers, they want you to strive for something more. Uh, just like when we train in class, I uh, always trying to get you to strive for, for better posture and movement and this and that. But, you know, think of your heart, your lungs, right. you know and uh, your internal organs uh, what can be beneficial and that that that's what you're you're really wanting to strive to you know and if not anything do it like I said do it do it for the ones you love be there for them
0: and I'm going to go ahead and give this quote I was going to put it later but Richard has always taught us you know if you can't protect yourself you can't protect your loved ones and that really hit home with me you know if I can't be the best form of myself that I can be if I can't fend off somebody who's on top of me. And if correct me if I'm wrong, Richard, but I think you told us one time that 90% of fights end on the ground, at least. Um, so, you know, if somebody's on top of me and I can't get them on top of me or you have a a victim I mean, if you can't protect yourself, you can't protect your loved ones.
1: No, yeah, it's true. Uh, I learned that from Professor Ancho, you know, bless his soul. Uh, and, uh, you know, some people know, a lot of people know Professor Ancho, but in a large majority don't know Professor Ancho. And, uh, you know, they're like, well, who's this, you know, fucking Professor Ancho or whatever. Can I say that? Sure. Okay. Sure. All right. <laughs> We're all hey, adults. <laughs> yeah. So before they opened their pie hole, uh, you know, he was SF, Vietnam, buried alive for pretty much three days. Uh, only wanted to survive out of his unit after they had been ambushed, uh, you know, worked Central and South America. He's a Tom Clancy basically is what he is, but he was a great healer before he became any of that acupuncturist, massage therapist, right. And a great martial artist. And, and he told me that he always said, who's the, who's the number one person. That's it. Who's the, who's the most important person you need to take care of. And he yeah. always say you, right. You know, he'd tell people and, and he said, why? Because who's going to protect your family. Who's going to protect your neighbors. Who's going to protect your country. Sure. You know, and, uh, you know, that hit home with me on, uh, you know, a long time ago when I first met him, and you know, we we're talking about a real warrior. I mean, that's a, you know, when people talk about, oh, everybody, well, that's a real warrior. That's sure. the guy that did everything he could to protect our freedoms, our rights, and against those illegal substances that flow into this country. And, but he was a great healer. He was more known for his healing art, just like Okazaki. And uh, people would come to see him, you know, just to get worked on. And I mean, I've gotten worked on him, it's phenomenal. Sure. you know. So, uh, going back to that whole warrior thing, he was a true warrior. He's been there and done that. Yeah. You know, even taught at West Point, you know, like I told you, uh, during Vietnam, you know, with all the experience, like, Oh, come teach here. Okay. Didn't mean to break, you know, so many arms here during training, but (laughs) you you can't take that out of there. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, it's uh, you need to definitely, and I'm not telling you to go out there and be, you know, Professor Ancho or, or, you know, Bruce Lee or any of these guys, you know, uh, the ideal is, you know, uh, what can you do to protect your family? You know, and, of course, be there for them. Right. You know, and if, and if there isn't anything that, you know, you're familiar with, you know, there's reputable instructors, uh, they're around, that can help you and talk to you and walk you through all this stuff. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's me, so that's what I'm not trying to say. But look around, look for a reputable instructor. Uh, try and find someone Uh, that, that deals with close to that more real world experience. Right. Uh, not saying that sport isn't bad, you know, but sports do have rules and limitations. Right. And you know, as well, dude, if you, if, if we go through techniques and if you stay on the ground for so many seconds, I'm beating you in the back of the head. And everybody's not a winner. yes (laughs) yes <laughs> so
0: somebody's good. gonna lose yeah, yeah may the best man win
1: <laughs> and uh now yeah, not everybody's a winner and but not everybody's a runner too so you can't just run because you know if i could run real well does that mean i would leave you know my daughter standing there right 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 you know uh first key of anything is of course complete avoidance but that still goes back into the, the better physical uh as you're feeling more physical, mentally, you'll be more, there's clarity, which helps, you know? So, uh, but yeah. And then, then you can start doing that where you said, you, as professor Andrew said, you are very important so you can make sure that those you love and those you care about and the country that you're, you know, you live in is protected. Right. You know?
0: And like I said, we're seeing a rise in, in crime rate, um, yeah. over the last couple of years. And, you know, people may feel like a victim. People have may have never even shot a gun before. And people may want to learn the basics of being aware of your surroundings and um, how to respond to that. Like I said, you're the expert on that. That's why I've gone through this interview yeah, with let's, you. This
1: let's, let's, let's not throw that expert word around <laughs> too much.
0: I'm familiar <laughs> with it, yes. <laughs> I'm going to reiterate again. I would not fight this man. <laughs> he could take on the whole army with his pinky. Um, you've gone over in class with us, and over the years you've taught it the uh, Colonel Cooper's um, chart. And if you will explain that to the folks out here, maybe who's who want to get better at being aware of their surroundings and what to look for and all that, I'll let you take over on that.
1: Well, it's it's not really a chart. It's a, a, I can't really say a chart. Like Oodaloop would be a kind of a chart. Okay. So it's you, you know, observe, orient, decide, and act. Uh, which was uh, created by an Air Force pilot who had many dogfights, and they were wondering, like, how in the heck, you know, is this guy knocking out planes left and right? And uh, that's where the OODA loop came from. Okay. Uh, I think uh, Jeff Cooper, uh, who served in the Marine Corps, who started gunsight gun training facility, uh, and and basically broke it down, uh, one of the best, I believe, if I remember this was kind of the Marine Corps color code uh, back then. But... The color code system is more of a mindset, okay. more than a chart. So, you know, if, if and, and you can look it up. Like I said, I don't make this shit up. You know, there's great men way before me that came with stuff sure. and, and people try and reinvent the wheel and it's like, why? Right. You know. they broke, don't fix it. That's right. You know, uh, so the color code goes white, yellow, orange, and red. Okay. Okay. Uh, and the way we've talked about it before, if you're in that white zone, that's basically your you're relaxed, you know, playing on your, uh, playing on your, uh, uh your phone, doing you know, a walking bo- around doing a podcast. Uh, yeah. You know, and you know, not glancing over your shoulder at the door that's over there and making sure somebody does <laughs> right. not walking on us. Right. Uh, you know, and I've reiterated before it's like the lady that's, you know, on her phone and you know, I don't know, you know, I couldn't tell you what she was doing. Uh, you know, with the video clearly shows her, she's busy on her phone. She'd be doing emails. It could be a business thing going on. Uh, she could be screwing around, playing a video game, whatever. Uh, and what she ended up doing was falling into a reflective pond inside the building. Wow! So that is being in the white zone. That's you know, having your AirPods all the way in where you can't hear, and you decide to step out in the middle of traffic, right? Because you're focused on you know whatever you're listening to. So nonchalant doing your daily tasks pretty much wouldn't. Yeah. Um, uh, I think to me it's more of just being oblivious. Right. You know, I, I remember, uh, you know, a friend of mine and he brought up, uh, oh, this car, this, this, these blue lights, all, I'm doing 70 on the highway in the number one lane. And, and you know, for those of y'all that don't know what the number one lane is, that's the lane closest to the center median right. or the wall, barrier wall and you know he was just riding, and there was an 18 we were next to me and i sat there and, and i'm like well he had blue lights on when did you ever notice that he was coming well not until he started you know blowing his horn and that and you know he had the sirens going and everything i was like so you know you can see those blue lights miles away right you know especially with the with the way things are now with the led setups and like that they're they're phenomenal
0: yeah very bright
1: yeah and uh He said, well, I don't think you should just, you know, I said, well, you weren't getting out the way. If you would have probably spotted him or paid attention to your rearview mirror instead of just driving straight, focused, not paying attention to anything really around you. uh, You know, that's what we talk about being observant. And that's the reason why he called me, because he used to train with us. And I told him, I said, I'm not going to. I said, no, if you're trying to get me to say that, you know, that that officer was wrong by doing that, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to do it. Pay attention. You know, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, he was getting off work and uh, was dropping off one of the vehicles and was driving down the highway doing 60. And luckily he looked up and he was able to move just a little bit. This DUI slammed in, in, in the back end and probably doing 90, wow. you know, shoved him over all three lanes and, and right into the barrier cables. And so if he wouldn't have done that, you know, how, how bad could the accident have been? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's the white zone. That's being, you know, very complacent. Okay. You know, kind of like if you're on a shooter. Yeah, (laughs) wouldn't think you know. (laughs) Isn't anything going to happen in here? It's twenty two. (laughs) Anything's
0: possible right now. Nothing. Nothing surprises me anymore. So.
1: (laughs) Well, you know one of my instructors, he cracking me up, a while back and uh, his wife Becky and his uh, uh, guru, uh, uh, Bayet, uh, from the Garamont system. <laughs> he's rolling out of his shower, picking up a blade or, you know, edge weapon. And, and he's naked, his wife looking at her, what are you doing? Are you crazy? <laughs> like, well, you never know. Somebody could be attacking me as I'm you, getting you out of the shower. Know. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was,
0: I uh, just rolled a and chuckle. And, uh, and those out there listening, Richard could take you on with a towel too.
1: Not naked. I'm not doing that naked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, like I said, just reiterate, white would be just pretty much doing your daily function, just unaware.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, sure. You know, the, so then they have to go into yellow. Yellow is basically you're still relaxed. Okay. And uh, I really try to stress people that, you know, this is not about being paranoid. But yellow is, you know, being observant around your surroundings. You know, looking, scanning. I'm not telling you, it's not meant to for you to stare and and, oh, my God, is everything around me, you know, uh, uh, dangerous. So here comes a killer bee. I need to dive, you know, and go hide or murder something. Hornets. Yeah, murder hornets come flying yeah. at you or something. But it, it's just about being observant, you know. It's, uh, it, you know, it's like walking down the street, driving, like I told you, paying attention to your surroundings, right? Do, how many people leave space in front of themselves when they come to a stop at intersections, you know, uh, walking down the street, you know, just come. Kind of, paying attention to things you know it, it's not hard you go into a restaurant or a business or anything you know immediately do you do you see without thinking the exit signs right you know uh how many points of entry are there at the front when you come in you know right. you might not be able to can't, you know go in the back. we're not sitting here doing a reconnaissance of a structure so we can do a hit on it but you know the whole idea is is you know just just be in an a be patient you know look around sure uh body language uh, speaks a lot it does you know, it speaks, it speaks very much. I mean, training under Doc Weitzel and some psychologists can uh, argue about whatever, but I'll just go with Doc Weitzel because he's a combat psychologist. You know, 84% of, of human communication is body language. Sure. You know, just the way you move. Very little of it is speech, like we're doing now. Right. You know? So, but yeah, yellow is more just being observant, paying attention. Uh, you know, Mr. Avery used to tell me, he said it was like... Uh, Having a Rolodex.
0: And just to start right there, who who is Mr. Abel? I, I know who he is. Oh, I'm the, sorry. So the folks out there know who you're who you're referring to. And I'm just having a conversation. No, no, you're good. You.
1: You're good. So uh Hunchy Abel, he uh opened up one of the first karate uh dojos here in Columbia. Uh he wasn't the very first, but he did open up one of the first. And he's a traditional Okinawan root Uh very, very great man. Learned a lot from him. Uh learned a lot about hitting and uh and movement and angles and like that. And that's where I met uh of course Tom Ryan. Sure. And that's how I met Professor Ancho and Hanchi Wrench and you know, all these great guys. Uh, uh, that, that I'm always very humbled to be around them. Sure. You know. And uh, so every time I get around them, I'm like, oh a little, you know, kid. Just <laughs> <laughs> like a sponge. Just suck. So, yeah, yeah,
0: you know, know. everything they, they put out, you know, you gotta suck it like a sponge. Yeah.
1: So Mr. April, yeah, he uh, uh very Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's very, uh, what well, we talked about, him. you know, yeah. he, he knew what it was to be a man. Sure. You know, uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, you're being a brute doesn't mean, you know, you're being this, you're being that. Right. Uh, but you know, very highly intelligent, very, uh, speaks very intelligently, uh, and with, you know, traveled the world, people paid him to come instruct and teach. Right. Uh, so Which that speaks volumes of his yeah. legacy. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, but, uh. You know, I didn't mean to sidetrack
0: you on that. No, you're good. I, you're good. Did, you I don't think the audience off of that knew one. who uh, Mr. Abel was, but I didn't mean to sidetrack you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, uh, where were we at here? We're I think in we're the yellow, on yellow, zone. About yellow zone. Yes. Sir. Yeah. You don't know, call me, sir. You make Just me feel respect. Old. Sorry. No, it's okay. Make me feel old. <laughs> so, but no, that's the yellow zone. You know, you, being able to pay attention and and see what's going on around you. Uh, and it, like I said, it's not like you're staring someone down, you know. But but with, oh, what Mr. Abrams would talk about, he said, and he'd tell you how long ago this was. So don't laugh. It's like Rick goes, it's like having a Rolodex. Oh, okay. He goes, if I don't put anything in that Rolodex and I start scrolling through it looking for numbers or names or anything, guess what? Nothing. All right. And that's how your mind's going to work. So if you don't put anything on that Rolodex or a hard drive, if, if your hard drive on your computers, you know, blank, uh, you know, when it time to come to do something, you will, that gross motor function will go into complete panic mode. You know, the, sure. uh, the freeze or, or flight uh, uh, theory. And, you know, when, it, when that happens, even if you try and flee and you're going to be, the oh, shit. Where do I go to flee out of here? How do I get out of here? Right. Or what's the safest direction to run, you know, if we're out in the open? So, you know, just being observant, you know, it's not like you're taking notes and yeah. uh, drawing, a, drawing a tactical plan, you know, of escape
0: <laughs> out of there. Well, right? I mean, you know, even that, people are so attached to their phones. I mean, just walking out in a, in a crosswalk. Yeah. I
1: mean, just being alert when the
0: arrow changes because people are so focused on yeah. their phones.
1: Well, let me tell you something about how people are so oblivious to a lot of things. So went to go meet John Watts for sushi. I got him hooked on sushi. It was a long time ago. So I said, yeah, I'll meet you down there, right? So, you know, get ready to leave, strap on my 1911. You know, I was carrying full Battle Rattle 5-inch, uh, Drop through on two mags, spare mags. So roll down there and go down to a, a sushi bar and uh, walk in. Well, you know, when I was driving, I kept it uncovered. Right. But I had my badge. Sure. So, you know, if I, you know, if I got pulled over, <laughs> I walk into the restaurant, my weapon facing everybody. I'm in plain clothes now. Right. My badge isn't showing. Right. It's in my right. wallet. And uh, sit down for like 30 minutes and hit my elbow. And I said, that didn't feel right. Like there wasn't cloth material. And I said, oh, shit my shirt started pulling it over my 1911 and john goes what he goes oh shit you've been sitting there i said man i walked in that way and i looked around check man everybody was just going at it whatever they were doing they didn't even think didn't twice no no nope. Nope. I, mean, I mean this isn't like you know this uh,
0: was before uh, open carry. Yes, CWP. Well, way
1: before open carry, <laughs> and way before micro super nines. Right, and, right you right, know, right. It wasn't a three sixty five or a shield or a Hellcat or anything. I mean, it was a five inch nineteen eleven. You know, yeah, you know, custom made nineteen eleven, and it just I was just like, you no, know, damn. Uh, well, now I know why you know bad things happen to good people. Yeah, you know, so that that's. One of those things uh, that, that's so yellow zone is where you want to just pretty much be. And it's just a, it's just a it's a mindset. It's not about you have to do it or anything like that. It's, you know, are you training yourself to be that way? So and uh, we get into orange. Orange is now that you have seen a threat or what could be a potential threat, you know, during that time. Uh, you know, say you're walking on a road and you know just something about this group down here. Something about their body language just doesn't feel right. Uh, you know, if you're in the yellow, you can avoid and get around that. So, you know, being in the orange, you've already, that's pretty much you're observing, you've already noticed, and you've picked up on any possible danger signs and like that. And then, and then like I've told you before, men are good about visual cues. Right. Women are good about this, this doesn't feel right. Instinct. Instincts. You know, and and uh, sometimes you gotta listen to your spouse. Sure, you know, or your whoever is you know you're with, been there with her long enough because just something about women and just that instincts in, and sometimes unless they're in that white zone, right? You know, not saying everybody. Sure, but if it, if there's an energy there, it doesn't feel right. You know, sometimes you might want to listen to that. Plus, makes for a good night if you do listen to it too. It doesn't make any, it doesn't mean <laughs> a bunch of bunch of arguing. Uh, or we right, just had right. to stay there. Right. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> So, orange uh, is where, because you're in the yellow zone orange, you do uh, observe a threat or a possible threat or anything like that. You know, you can begin to avoid, yeah. you know, that confrontation, you know, if at all possible. So, that that would end up being the orange threat. Okay. You know, or orange level of that mindset. Sure. Uh, oh, hold on. So, red would be where pretty much verification of the threat itself uh because that you have you know stayed in the yellow and the orange observed and picked up and i'm not saying that you know not everything's going to be avoidable you know i believe that you know if you can you know no need to put yourself you know your significant other you know family friends you know through any other trauma if they've never seen or had to go through or do yep. anything like that but you know you have that right to uh, uh but this is pretty much that, you know, the potential's there. Now you have to act. Uh, I believe, and don't quote me on this, the old Marine Corps days, that black was that you're actually in the middle of engagement. Like there's engagement going on and okay. you're making those decisions. Right. Hopefully nobody's walking into a shit war, you know, gun battle like that. Sure. But red is where, because you're able to pay attention, uh, you know, orient. Well, not oriented, we won't go into the loop. But you're paying attention. You can start making, you know, good observation, decision making, because you've already familiarized yourself with wherever your surroundings are going to be at and the people there. Okay. All right. So whenever that uh, you get into that red zone because there was no, un, you know, you can avoid it uh, or it was unavoidable, then you can make those, you know, hopefully right decisions without going into complete panic mode, you right. know and you know have skid marks sure. you know <laughs> sure <laughs> sure that, which everybody's going to have maybe a little bit come yeah. on now right. but uh but yeah so you know that mindset could probably you know more than likely not probably it, it will save your life uh life of those that are with you you know and like that and and the biggest thing is you know do you want to do you want to see the, those loved ones again right you know right you know, or do you want to protect those loved ones? Do you? And I what am I mean by saying? Do you want to see those loved ones? You know, if there's wasn't no avoidable uh, uh, or avoidance of whatever threat that was happening, you know, either you are going to go home, or you want to make sure that they get home. Sure, them. You know. Yeah. And that, that's how I look at it. Sure. You know, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. I said, you know, I love this country. You know, my father fought for this country in two major wars, and uh, you know. The big thing here is, you know, we live in a, a a great country and we have all these freedoms, but it doesn't give someone the freedom or uh, the right to put their hands on your army. Correct. You know, and I just, you know, I'm a firm believer in that. Sure. You know, so whether you're civilian, law enforcement, military, whatever, how it boils down to. Because I think a lot of people think that law enforcement officers aren't allowed to <laughs> right. protect themselves. And we, of course, we are held to a higher standard because everybody looks at their training as they would call it but you know that training's got to be there too you know it can't be just dealt to the wayside and that's you can't blame the officer on that 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 falls on a department
0: sure um is that the level max level yep no that was it okay
1: red red's final level so situational
0: awareness um let's go into this there's discussions right now on the second amendment there's one They want amendments put in place. You and I both know the news is our worst enemy. They will play and replay an incident until it gets in people's minds. But we know, not taken away from the horrific incidents that have happened, Mm -hmm. such as you've all seen these mass shootings. But it's not the gun; it's the person exactly that kills these people. Yep. And the media never wants to portray the good stories. Mm-hmm. Where fire, where people are concealed carrying um, uh, refresh my memory, but I think two years ago there was a church shooting where a, yep. a person in the church stopped the shooter.
1: Yep, engaged.
0: Um, people at, at parties have prevented mass shootings. I think it was one two or three weeks ago. It barely got any news attention, but this woman she pulled out her gun, took out the shooter. Yeah. Um,
1: but these well, did are... you hear the other one in Texas? Well, I think okay. it was Texas. Don't quote me mm-hmm. on this. Now, okay, what happened? So, you know, it's summertime, so, you know, you have kids camp and stuff going on, but apparently a guy was walking into a, uh, uh, kids camp or, you know, activity, summer activity. Right. And, uh, walked into the facility, was 250 kids. The, and when I read on it at first, you know, our media was putting out there that the counselors approached him or confronted him and he turned around and fled where, to law enforcement or law enforcement engaged. Of course, now, you know, suspect's deceased. Uh, And this is just what I'm getting from media now. Okay. And then the real, the chief of this department, you know, had put out, no, basically, yes, the counselors confronted him in one of the, because they heard gunshots, and one of the counselors was armed and engaged the shooter. So what do you think the outcome would have been if that counselor wouldn't have been armed?
0: Right. And, and we know and me and mr Jay talked about it last podcast but most of the time when this happens it's done within two or three minutes the yes. damage has been done yeah and the media never wants to put those stories out where you you may get a day coverage of it of that person taking out the shooter but it's always the downplay of firearms and we like I said we both know it's not the firearm it's it's the person shooting it yeah. you.
1: you know whether you ban all firearms, you know, if you want to be like Canada, right, right, uh, where up there you're not even allowed to defend yourself with a firearm. The firearm is not considered u- uh, usable for self-defense. Right. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. I was just watching the, the what's the name of prime minister up there, you know, speak about it. Uh, Trudeau. Yeah, yeah, whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> Trudeau, Trudeau. You already know my thoughts on that, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 not long enough. I know. So. <laughs> You almost got me on our tirade about that. <laughs> well, here's the thing is. We got time. You know, there's all sorts of things out there. You can buy at a grocery store. You can buy at a Walmart. You can inflict a lot and a lot of amount of damage. Uh, and it's not even a firearm. Sure. You know, uh, being a law enforcement, you know this. There's, there could be all sorts of things. You know, out where you work at, it's, you know, paranoia. Sure. You know, meth addicts. So you sure. can run across pipe bombs, booby traps, oh, yeah. all sorts of stuff out there. Uh, so if if a if a meth head or a meth dealer it can get that paranoid to create those devices, what do you think? Who el- I mean, what else could you use? You know, it doesn't have to be a firearm. You know, and it's uh, I mean, firearm is is it's not the dangerous part. It's the individual wielding, like we talked about. You know.
0: And, you know, there are people who have mental health issues, but that's the go-to now. They were—they had mental health issues. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you know right from wrong. Yeah. And it's always—it's mental health, and they always want to call them machine guns Mm. or Mm. automatic weapons and educate the public. You have to go through so many backgrounds to even get an automatic weapon. These—
1: Well, first of all, you got to be a a licensed dealer to be able to purchase an automatic. And that's a misuse of automatic. It's semi-auto. Okay. You know, it's semi-auto. Yes. Uh,
0: And for those out there listening, semi-automatic means you actually have to pull the trigger every time. Hollywood has downplayed this. Everybody thinks these rifles are machine guns, which which it's not.
1: Yeah. It's semi-auto, so that means safety goes off. Every time I depress the trigger, a round goes off. I have to release the trigger and then to press the trigger again for the next round to go off. So it's it's not an automatic trigger.
0: And there was a story not long ago, I think it was CNN news, but somebody was shooting a shotgun at a watermelon. This is like, this is what an AR does in the shot. And it just pretty much exploded the watermelon. I'm like, okay, like I'm not even going to give entertainment to this and bring this up. But I'm like, this is the education that people have with firearms. And, you know, yeah. Since the beginning of time, firearms has always been a tool that people have used for survival. Mm-hmm. And used in the right way and safety precautions, it's 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 there for us.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's a uh, and it's still a sport, correct? You know, there's competitions. You know, uh, IDPA, where it's more line of, well, it's more pistol. But you know, you We're learning how to build a skill set and a knowledge of uh, firearm safety. You know, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. You know, everybody goes. Oh, I do martial arts and I shoot guns. Uh, same, same damn thing, dude. Sure. Same damn thing. It's a martial art. Yeah. You know, one's just projectile. Right. You know, if I shoot a bow and arrow, it's projectile. Right. Uh, you know, it comes from the, the, the Mars god of war. Yep. That's where martial comes from. So, you know, anything where you're defending yourself, you know, and, and I think every, every, you know. Person has a right to be able to bear arms to protect, you know, themselves their family. Uh, you know, you can even look at it to the, the provider of their family. You know, if you're out by yourself. Sure. Uh, and I don't think that should be just taken away. I don't think, and I, you, you can still ban it, and you can limit it, but the bad guys are still going to get it, right. whether whatever's still on the street is going to come in this country one way or the other because then the demand will be to bring those type of weapons into country. Right. And we can't even stop the drug problem. Right. Yeah. Well, it's pretty much legal in a lot of these yeah, Western states. Yeah, but a lot of those severe hard drugs, like apparently the new uh, fentanyl that's coming in from Mexico. Right. Uh, you know, that that's addictive shit. But, you know, we're not worried about that. Right. Sure. You know? And it just takes a couple grains to kill someone. Exactly. Exactly. Two grains, I think, is enough.
0: I think it's California now where they have safe safe havens. Have a syringe and use freely. And it, it's just like, where, where does it stop?
1: I mean, so what's the difference between, I mean, uh, we can go into numbers and statistics on shootings compared to drunk drivers killing individuals a year, which outnumber. Sure. You know, uh, but nobody bothers to go out of their way to, you know, push that and be like no if they you know if they're dui you know make them serve you know serve their time make them go through things while they're serving their time Mm -hmm. they won't do that will they yeah no and guess what they'll still get a car
0: yeah and you got a three or four thousand pound weapon right there that can run into mass crowds Mm -hmm. you know nobody says nothing about that so if you're listening you know you may want to know more about situation awareness you know you may not feel comfortable shooting a gun, but one thing Richard has taught me over the years is anything can be a weapon, um, a coffee mug, a fork. Um, and like he said, a minute ago, going back to that, um, level of situational awareness. I mean, knowing your exits, somebody comes in shooting, you know, knowing where the exits are to get you and your family out. Um, I'll let Richard educate you more on that, but a lot, you know, some people are not, are not comfortable with guns. I've never shot a gun. And, um, I want you to take away on that. I mean, any, anything could be used as a weapon.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> looking at all this equipment on the table right now. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, yeah, this yeah, microphone yeah. Here, I yeah. mean, you know, or you mean you could bash anybody or anything like that, but you know, anything can be. And it's, uh, yeah, you know, I think we, people limit themselves thinking that, Oh, this, this can't be used. You know, I could take a, you know, a good dinner plate. You're at a restaurant, nice thick one, use the edge of that. I mean, you, inflict damage and death with that thing. Sure. You know, people, especially if you crack it and get it the sharp edges out and uh you know with it. So uh you know it's just people don't look at things as possible. It could be a deadly weapon and uh there's numerous things you can let even distraction. Sure. You know, we all talk about, oh, throw the coffee, you know, oh, yeah, you can throw a damn nice cold slushy in someone's face. That's going to be, oh, my God, brain freeze, you know. <laughs> bam. John Wick you know? in it. Yeah, you know, bam, boom, hurt them, get the hell out of there, you know. Right. Make, make, get, that, get that distance, get that space, you know, call you know 911, you know. Sure. You know, leave them on the ground hurting a little bit, you know, and that, that's how that works. So, but, yeah, you know, purse straps, things like that, detachable, flexible weapons. Uh, you take a bottom of a sneaker and smack someone in the face, that's going to hurt like hell. Yeah, you know that, that'll, that'll stun them so bad you know, you know, might be running one foot leg shorter than the other because your, your shoes in the other hand sure but you know it works man
0: is there anything else you would like to add to colonel cooper's um color chart anything in regards to that as far as being aware of your surroundings no it's a it's a mindset awareness. i mean sure. it's a
1: mindset like i said you know yeah. it's, it's being aware and you know i didn't make that shit up i said you know god bless uh jeff cooper but you know it's online if you want to look it up just look it up uh jeff cooper's color mindset and you can look at details on there uh you know uh, he was a uh, very influential individual when it came to firearms and defensive tactics when it came to the mindset so
0: yeah very very intelligent man and like i said people are still learning from him and like i said if if you want to look that up look it up online um so you've been in law enforcement capacity. I've worked with you over the years. I've made a list of a couple things that people can be made aware of, and I'm going to go through these real quick. And I'll mm-hmm. let you put your two cents in on that real quick. Um, the list I've made is just basic stuff that Richard and I have seen over the years, and it makes. We're seem- not going
1: to talk about negative people, are we? <laughs> <We're> not-
0: <laughs> That'd be a whole podcast episode. It-, it would go on for days. We could write write books. Um, so I wrote a couple things down. Now you got me distracted, Richard. <laughs> um, these may seem basic when you hear them, but the number of reports Richard and I have taken over the years, you would not believe it, and it's just simple things. So I wrote a little list down here, and I'll let Richard put his two cents into. Number one, lock your cars.
1: Yeah, lock like your damn <laughs> car.
0: <laughs> lock your car. Key fobs are... The new technology now. We had a key where we had to lock the doors 10 years ago. It's a key file. Check and double check. Lock your cars. Yeah. Lock your cars. Simple. Simple. Keep, number- sh- keep shit off the seats. <laughs> yes. Well, that goes into number two. Do oh, not okay. leave valuables in your car. Exactly. Firearms, GPSs, electronics, anything like that. Do not leave those in your car. Yeah. Um, I also as, as go as far as leaving personal mail in there. I mean, no, yeah, they, they have your name. Um Richard can go in more detail on that too. I mean, you can even tell so much about yourself just by your bumper stickers on your cars. Um you, like my Jeep. <laughs> you like your Jeep. Uh <laughs> if you're a law enforcement listen to this, don't put a thin blue line on the back of your car. It just it it puts a target on your car as well. Um you know, even your keychain, where you go to gym at, where you go to where you shop at. I mean, people look at stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So just be aware of that. Um, number three, write down the serial numbers to everything in your house. And Richard can attest to that. If it's it's a firearm, if it's electronic, if it's ever stolen, the serial number is going to be the best way of tracking your property and getting it back. Do you agree?
1: Yeah. And you know, it it helps solve, here's what people don't realize. They think it's going to be just one or two individuals that came into their house, but it isn't just about their house. It's about maybe could be a chain of, you know, thefts. Right. You know, burglars, auto break-ins that have been occurring and could end a long line, you know, of, of those crimes uh, just and, you know, getting those serial numbers because, you know, they get turned into pawn shops and, you know, follow up investigation and it could clear up a lot, a lot of cases uh, sure. in that.
0: And, you know, even with
1: firearms,
0: even if your gun is lost, you don't think it was stolen, report that gun immediately to your local law enforcement because yes. if your gun's involved in an incident, God forbid, down the road and it's involved in a major crime, you would at least want to have a report on file documented and say, hey, my gun is lost or I can't find it or it was stolen. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, number four, keep your yards mowed and your limbs and your bushes trimmed. I mean, it, summertime's here, the grass has grown. We nobody...
1: T- I think we were talking about naked people. <laughs> 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 I had
0: to put that in there, Richard. Um, keep your yards mowed. I mean, if you're out of town, cut your grass, make it look like somebody lives there. I mean, if the, wind, the bushes are growing over the windows, that's a telltale sign, especially people who walk the streets, the derelicts and homeless. That's a telltale sign, hey, they may not be home. We break in there um, for the summertime, get food. They're not home. Um, number five, invest in some security system. I mean, now it's to the point where you can get online, Amazon and buy any kind of camera system. Yeah. It's pretty readily available. You don't have to pay a monthly fee. It's a one-time thing. Um, and ring doorbell that has solved a lot of crimes over the years, as well as the blank camera system. And it automatically alerts your phone now. So things have gotten advanced over here. you don't have to pay a, a monthly fee to like ADT or something like that. Um, Let's see here. Beware of scams, number six. Beware of scams. Um, Richard's taken them over the years as well as I have. Um, somebody calls you saying they're a family relative and they're a lawyer representing them. They want you to go to Food Lion and get $500 worth of gift cards. It's probably a scam. Or, you know, congratulations, you won the sweepstakes. Now give me your social security number. Red flag. Yeah. Um, Richard's taken a, a, <laughs> a <shit trying> to <laughs> report to those over the years as well uh let's see um do not leave empty boxes by the trash can i know during the holidays we all get our big christmas gifts our big ticketed items like tvs and stuff like that that is just advertising to the Mm -hmm. criminal what you have in
1: your house yeah don't be lazy cut them up
0: don't be lazy cut them up drive to the car drive the local dump and stick them in a dumpster don't leave them out by the road because you're advertising to everybody out there what you just got for your your holidays um let's see here do not put your checks in the mailbox. I know a lot of the elderly, um, they do Mm -hmm. that a lot of times they pay their monthly bills and what do they do? They stick the red flag up for the mailman to come pick up the, the mail. That's a red flag for criminals. Hey, there's a birthday card in there. There's a, a check in the mail. Um, that's just a red flag. Let me go over there. And they have a way now where they can scam your name and, and forge your name and Mm -hmm. put their name on there. And next thing you know, you're out $500 out of your your bank account. So if all possible, if you have elderly and shut ins, try to uh, look in on them and uh, check on them, make sure they're good and try to pay their bills for them. If they, if they can't do it online, just try to go take it to that company uh, where they have it there. Uh, Let's see here. Do not post on social media when you're out of town. We all like checking in. We're in Hawaii for the week. Uh, We're in the Bahamas. We're on a cruise. Well, a lot of times the people breaking your houses are people you know. So if you start posting on social media, you're out of town, people look on that and say, hey, you know, that's a freebie. It's freebie for me to get into their house um, Mm -hmm. while they're gone. Do you agree on that,
1: Richard? No, I agree. And there's been times where, uh, believe it or not, they'll... they'll look at either if you have pictures of your house or location or near neighborhood or whatever. And and it has been known for gang members to even go beyond that and search and do this and, you know, and end up finding your residence. So yeah.
0: Sure. Um, Number 10 here, install some kind of tracker app on your phone. Pretty much every Apple phone and Android now has a tracker app. So if your phone's stolen, your electronics, try to leave that on there. Even with, if you own a a construction company or timber company, there's LoJack. I think LoJack's one mm-hmm. of them. You can put a tracker on your car. Um, like I said, before I got into law enforcement, I didn't write down serial numbers for everything. But once I got in there and took all these reports, you know, you you become very cognizant of what's going on and you start writing your serial numbers down. So I, I cannot ex- express it enough. And Richard Taylor, the same thing. Write your serial numbers down. Because a lot of times, they're either going to try to take it to a pawn shop or put it on Facebook Market. And that's the best way of yeah. getting your stuff back. Um so we're gonna take a turn for this. That's kind of more your personal and your property safety on that. We're gonna go kind of go to gun safety here. And Richard's the expert on this as well. I am gonna say expert, Richard.
1: I am not gonna, <laughs> not an expert. <laughs> I'm not an expert. Drink Swat some of your coffee. Sniper. <laughs> yeah. Drink some of your coffee over there.
0: <laughs> okay. And you can elaborate on this. Number one, I put down, be familiar with your state laws in regards to firearms.
1: Yeah, you should, if you're gonna own a firearm, uh, Definitely be sure now, you know, your federal, state and local, you know, uh, just because you're in the state, normally everything abides by the state, but sometimes, you know, you have your, uh, smaller agencies within that jurisdictional areas or counties that could be a little different. So just to, just to be sure, uh, overlook, you know, take a look at everything, sure. you know, and, and if, and if you end up doing, doing a CDWP, your instructor should be, uh, provide this for you, this information, right. you know, what you can and can't do. Uh, uh, while you live in whatever state that you're in.
0: And if you're a resident here of South Carolina, if you're not familiar, and and Rich will tell you more in detail, um, last year we we have concealed uh, CWP, concealed weapons permit, but now we now have open carry in this state. Um, So now you can open carry, but still if the signs are posted at a business prohibiting firearms, you cannot carry it in the business. And, Richard, correct me if I'm wrong, but legally in this state, the only place you can carry if you don't have a CWP is in your vehicle in a glove box.
1: Yeah. In your car. In your car, you know, in your vehicle. Uh, If you don't have a CWP, of course, you know, you can walk from your residence to your vehicle. Uh, If you have a business. Correct. You know, you can walk from your vehicle to your business. Right. You know, and have it with you in the car, you know, if you're making bank deposit, things like that. Sure. Uh, I I don't think the state's really, you know, as harsh as other right. states, but uh, you do you, know, you still have that right to protect yourself. Sure. So even if you don't have that CWP, you can have it in your car. You can have it in the glove box. You can have it in uh, center console. Uh, you know, I always get that question. What well, does it need to be in the trunk unloaded? No, you're not walking onto a. You're not going into a federal facility or on Fort Jackson or a military base or you know <laughs> right, right, anything right right like that. Uh, so you know, yeah, you can have it with you. You have that right to protect yourself.
0: And and to reiterate what Richard said, some laws are open carry and some laws or some states, excuse me, some states are concealed carry and some states are open carry. So like Richard said, be familiar with your laws. If you decide you're going to carry with a permit, make sure you're familiar with the state laws on that. Um, Number two, and I'll let Richard read on this too, it says buy a gun you are comfortable with. um, And I'll let you take it away from there because... Every gun shoots different. Some people are compatible with some guns. Their hands are different. and
1: Yeah. Uh, I always suggest people, we all have our favorite guns in mind. Sure. And, you know, I want one of these because it's popular. I want one of those because it's popular or this and that. You know, you need to find a gun that uh, you're going to shoot, let's put it that way, and train with on a regular basis. Right. Uh, if it doesn't fit your hand, if uh, there's no adjustable back straps or grip, modules or anything that you could put on there. Uh, I wouldn't suggest it. Now, if you want to own it and have it, that's fine. But if you're going to carry something, I would suggest something that you're going to carry something that like I said, fits your hand, Mm -hmm. uh, where you're not breaking the wrist, you know, uh, uh, left or right, you know, having the grip weird with, or mostly, uh, outboard, uh, left or right handed, where you have that kind of broken wrist grip, uh, trying to reach the trigger. So my suggestion is, and if you can't conceal it. Sure. You yeah. Know. So you know, just uh, get something that, and like I said, it isn't about what I like, what anybody else likes, so who carries what, this and that, and yada, 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 and what's cool. Uh, as long as the weapon's functional and you're able to shoot it and that you're willing to shoot it, uh, means if it's not comfortable shooting, you're not going to shoot it and you're not going to train with it. Right. And you're able to conceal it. Right. Or, or, I mean, you can do open carry, too. I'm not arguing either, both sides, but, you know. Element surprise is always good. Yes, it is.
0: Um, and along with that, too, you can go to a range and range rents out guns. So if you're not yeah. familiar with something, like I said, you don't want to spend all that money on a gun, there's a lot of um, instructors on the range who will help you out um, and get you a gun you're comfortable with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, look, look. Uh, you know, just like any martial arts, uh Pay attention to who you're listening to, right? Sure. Find a very knowledgeable instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not bad-mouthing anybody or anything like that, but you know, you know, we've all been there. It's like you know, yabber, yabber, yabber. I want you to hear me talk so I can impress you. Bullshit, right? Which I can't stand. And uh, you know, be smart about it. You know, ask questions. Yeah, that's what. If the instructor doesn't mind you asking questions and responding to them and like that, and then he's taking his time, or she's taking her time, uh, because she takes pride in her what she's what he or she are, are trying to do, which is for you to protect yourself. Sure, you know. So uh, don't ever be scared to ask questions. If you're not familiar with handguns, I know it can be uncomfortable some people, but you know, open your piehole, ask those questions. Right. You know, because this is your ass on the line, or it could be a family member, and uh, you know, my my thing is, I want you to be able to shoot. Yeah, uh, you know, I want you. I want you comfortable with something that, you know. Oh God, I got to shoot that again. Shouldn't be that way. Shouldn't be that way. You right. should have. You should have fun with whatever firearm that you get, uh, where it's enjoyable. So right.
0: yeah. Um, number three, I put go to the range and practice. It's it's kind of dumb, but a lot of times people will go get their concealed weapons permit, and that's the only time they qualify. And you know, it, we we all understand that ammo is getting expensive, but the gun's pretty much useless if if you don't know how to shoot it.
1: Yeah. Uh, key points where if you're going to shoot, if you're going to carry, you know, practicing. Now, of course, I want to make you and make sure that, you know, your firearms clear is safe. No ammo near you. If you're going to practice and dry fire at your house. OK, you definitely want to separate all the ammo. But what I think people lack a lot of is they think they got to. Oh, my God, I got a thousand rounds shoot on the range. No, no you don't. Sure. It's, you know, you can take fifty rounds and shoot a series of good exercises without blowing the bank. That can still incorporate manipulation of the weapon, which that's what kills everybody as far as like being able to function the gun. Sure. All right. Uh, but dry fire, drawing, manipulation of the weapon, and when. It, a lot of people fail to realize, I'm, you know, I'm glad you could keyhole that round at 25 yards, but it took you forever to get the proper grip and get the gun out and present it. Correct. Right. Okay. So, you know, practicing the grip, getting sure. your master grip, getting that presentation out, drawing the weapon. And breathing. Yes. Uh, but getting that grip is important. That is very important, uh, you know, because you want the gun to come out lined up in your hand properly, aligned with the form, you know, everything plays in sink once you get that master grip and get that presentation out it's your front sight if you don't have you know front sight front sight front sight front sight getting it locked in on where it needs to go if you have an rds system or a sorry red dot system on the gun you know just impose you superimpose a dot onto the target but don't focus on the dot you got to focus on the threat or the target that's downrange, because that's the whole benefits of having a red dot is i can see what's going on in front of me and it's like taking a laser pointer i'm just going to put it there. Right. Uh, and then trigger control. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, front sight, front sight. Oh, God, it's so important. No, you know what? If if that front sight, when you press that trigger and it breaks and that front sight's not where it's supposed to be at, you know, you f- you just fudge that shot. Sure. You know, so I always tell people, you know, control the trigger, control the trigger. You know, that's what I always tell them. Press. It's more of a straight motion.
0: And just to clarify, too, and, and Richard can uh, elaborate on this, too, but just remember every round you shoot, you are responsible for that round. Mm -hmm. So when you shoot at the range, be sure you're, you're, you're hitting what you're seeing because every round that hits, just say, if it goes past that person and ends up accidentally hitting somebody, you are responsible for that round as a concealed weapons permit carrier.
1: Well, it, it breaks down to the, to the four basic rules of gun safety, know your background and foreground. Sure. You know, uh, you have to know your capabilities too. Right. You know, you you don't, you know, you cannot shoot beyond your ability or means to be able to positively, you know, get good hits, uh, without having a, being a threat yourself to the rest of the public. Right. Uh, you know, most of the time in, in cases it's going to be individual self-defense, you know, and it's not going to be a very far distance. I'm not going to put a distance. Because there's no I can't really, you know, much study. There's been so many different distances. Sure. And you know, of course they're gonna be close. Right. Uh but I think uh knowing the distance inside your residence, what's the what's the longest distance inside your residence? Like it could be a hallway, it could be the biggest room, you know, practice those ranges. Sure. You know, at least a car length too. Yeah. You know, practice car length. You know, carjackings happen. Uh especially the bumping bumping carjack. You know, they come in, tail boom, beep. You know, oh, you hit my car, mother, you know, oh, 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 okay. I got a gun in my face now and they're taking my shit. Right. Uh, Or they just come running up in which we go back to being observant about things. Sure. But yeah, no one knows, you know, manipulating your weapon uh, you need to get out of your head that you have to shoot thousands of rounds. Yeah. You know uh, this is where finding a competent instructor uh, who can run you through some of those drills without spending a ton of money uh you know if they tell you that you know oh, you know they can't well they're I, i'm sorry they're just full of shit sure i don't care i'll say it in front of them. you know that's what it is you know uh ammo's expensive you know economy's up to shitter yep. right now oh you yeah know? definitely and uh you know cops don't make a lot of money either you know but it's like everybody else nobody else is you know they're basically blue collar workers right you know and uh you know if if they, if you have questions and you and you feel like you just want some, you know, very basic drills you can practice yourself on the range, you, know, you can contact me. I don't care. Sure. Yeah. You
0: know? um, also, too, with gun safety, too, and number one rule: always treat the gun as if it's loaded. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds stupid in theory, but you'd be surprised number of people who just start pointing firearms at people, all, even if it's unloaded. Treat the gun if it's as loaded. Yes. And um, if you have children, a lot of times people feel safer with a lock on the gun, but make sure it's easily accessible mm-hmm. in the matter of something happens. Yes. Shit hits the van.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it's your responsibility. Kids are going to do, uh, you know, you and I, you know, uh, especially uh, last position at not last, but prior for that being in that position. And most law enforcement officers, and uh, not all, there's very few, have been to scenes where kids have found a gun. Correct. And bad outcomes have happened on it, you know, whether it was not accidentally inflicted on themselves, but maybe a, another sibling that was younger or smaller, you know, right. they're playing pow pow, you know, bad guys, good guys thing or whatever. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, having a, you know, they got so many quick access, you know, firearm safes now that almost look like furniture. Yeah. You know, or fire mantles. Some they're just like... Secret
0: compartments. Yeah. I mean...
1: But even some they sit over there and it looks like a freaking... I I don't know, maybe a great nice humidor, but it's more, you know, aerodynamic looking or whatever, sleek for the... to fit into whatever's lifestyle. But, you know, you sit there and you put a card on it or do a fingerprint or a thumb scan or whatever and the thing pops open. Right. So, no one says you can't have something like that. Uh, But I think... You know, I suggest that I suggest make sure you don't keep one in the chamber, uh, you know, make it you know unaccessible to kids. But to me, the most important thing is education, right? You know, it, toddlers, you know, they're not going to quite pick up on it. But oh, well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember my dad bought me and my brother a red rider when I was four. Well, so, yeah, you, well, know, you know, it's just it's just a matter of, you know, what what your kids can
1: Handle. Handle, yeah. I mean, I've been shooting since, you know, let's see, had baby guns and pellet rifles. That starts me shooting uh, at five and uh, even uh, 25 uh, baby Browning, you know, at six and uh, 22 handgun and, uh, you know, shooting 3030s and shotguns. And, you sure. know, you know, when I was six uh stressed the very importance of firearm safety if not my gun was wrapped around a tree you know and i didn't have a gun anymore right you know that's just what it was you know that was the deal so but yeah it boils down to education you know i I did that with my boys uh you know unloaded you know they knew about gun safety net you know they they went hunting with me a couple times and things like that you know they didn't hold anything they just got to go and, of course, I didn't see anything because all they wouldn't do is ask questions sometimes. But. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, I, I emptied them, unloaded them. You know, they knew the rules. You do not point it at anybody. And we went over everything. I let them hold one at a time, different firearms and like that, and educated them on what a revolver and what you know, a semi-auto or a pistol would be and like that. And after that, they got bored and they're like, all right, well, I don't want to mess Whoa. with them anymore. And, but they knew.
0: And, you know, it, I don't think it would be as bad now if parents would teach their kids this is a tool just like anything else. Yes. It, it's not, you know, I, I think the media has played such a big role on these are made to kill people. Yes, they can do that. But at the same time, this is a tool just like anything else you use, whether it's a handsaw, whether it's an axe, a hammer, a skill saw, a chainsaw. It, it's how you use it.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh And it's the right thing. It's about, you know, the the most powerful weapon you have is between your ears. Yeah. Nobody wants to use it, especially when it doesn't filter out to your mouth. Sure. You know, Uh, and that's that's the big thing. You know, uh, what was the incident? I can't remember where the guy stabbed like seven people, eight people, or 12 people or something like that Mm -hmm. at a a university campus. You know, he did it wrong. But, you know, you can inflict a lot of damage with anything. Right. Because people don't pay attention. Sure you start walking through a building, you hit one side of the office, go to another side of the office and nobody's made no communication going on or can't see what's happening. And, you know, it's, anything could be horrific Sure. and placed, you know, and, uh, you know, everybody's like, well, what about the suppressors? Then you can't hear anything. Nah, you know what? That's, you're watching too many fucking movies. Stop. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. You know? So, but yeah, no, you're right. I agree with that.
0: Well, Richard, we're going to take a break just for a second. When we come back, I'm going to have Richard to uh, discuss the Castle Doctrine and the uh, standard ground laws, and we'll be back with y'all in just a second, okay? right y'all we're on a break right now let me go ahead and give you richard white's contact information if you're enjoying the episode so far and want to be more proficient with your firearms or want to be more educated on situational awareness and how to defend yourself reach out to rick white he currently is doing a class called edc dynamics which stands for everyday carry dynamics and that's being more proficient with your firearm you can reach richard at sierra one rlw at hotmail.com or sierra1rlw at gmail.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, okay? It's going to be, this is all lowercase letters, S-I-E-R-A, the number one, r-l-w at hotmail.com or the same letters at gmail.com. Again, reach out to Richard and tell him you heard him on the podcast and you want more information and he will be more than happy to reach out to you. Um, remember this quote. I forgot to put it in the part one of the segment, but it's a quote that Richard and I are very familiar with and a lot of people listen to this podcast are. It's by Edmund Burke. Remember, evil prevails when good men do nothing. So keep that quote in mind. Whenever we sit on the sidelines and see all this stuff going on and, you know, we do nothing about it, that's when evil prevails. So just keep that in mind. All right, y'all, let's go ahead and jump into part two. All right, welcome back after the break. When I finished up with Richard, we were talking about the Castle Doctrine and stand Your Ground Laws, and I'm going to have Richard go more in detail with that. Richard, I'll let you take it away from here.
1: Uh, thank you there.
0: You're quite quite welcome.
1: (laughs) All right. It was just a real brief cliff notes. I'm actually reading this off, so it's not going to be something off the top of my head and I'm not an attorney. (laughs) But I am familiar with the law. Disclaimer, I'm not an attorney. All right. So uh, South Carolina Code, Section 1611410, Protection of Person and Property Act is actually what it falls under, Uh, South Carolina General Assembly, uh, codified common law, Castle Doctrine. Castle Doctrine South Carolina's version of the Stand Your Ground Law, prevalent in several high-profile murder cases across the nation and over the last few years, including the case involving the death of Trayvon Martin. Okay, let's go into the Castle Doctrine recognize that person, person or person's home is is his castle and extends to include an occupied vehicle and person's place of business, which we discussed earlier, remember? Uh, South Carolina General Assembly's Rationale behind the Castle Doctrine is that persons residing in or visiting South Carolina have a right to expect to remain unmolested and safe within their homes, businesses and vehicles, and no person or victim of the crime should be required to surrender his personal safety to a criminal, nor should a person or victim uh, be required to needlessly retreat in the face of intrusion or attack.
0: So give us Richard's version.
1: Protect your home, protect your family. Right. You know, uh, now, you know, going over this, you know, do I feel like a lot of things have changed, you know, as, uh, as far as how we've seen crime and you're still, you know, out there doing the job and and getting into shit, you know, which I'm glad you are. Uh, But, you know, and home invasions have changed a little bit. You know, they either, they're either either following you, which is a big thing now, uh, until you get to your house. It all depends on what you're driving, how you're dressed, what you're wearing, or, you know, watch, jewelry, things like that.
0: Sure.
1: But home invasions, you know, and a large majority of home invasions actually happen like, you know, 10, 11 in the morning, 10 in the morning till about 3 in the afternoon. That's the largest number. doesn't mean it doesn't happen any other time. Right. And but I'm noticing that it's not one person anymore or two people, you know, it's like three, four
0: going in groups now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Sure. Overwhelming odds. Right. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, going back to, you know, that mindset and everything, you know, you know uh, I may be, you know, maybe outnumbered. I'm not out Right. You know, uh, and by God, you know, I draw the line here. This is where, you know, is where I stand Sure, yeah. and you're going to, you're going to feel the hell. Yeah. That's coming.
0: Or I'll go down you and know.
1: shoot. Yeah. You know, I'll lay down, I'll lay down as much hell as I can. Sure. You know, by God, whether it's by you know firearm or, or whatever's in my hand at that moment or bare hand, you know, to protect family and, and, and life. Right. You know, so like I said, I don't, I'm not a believer in that, you know, people have the right to just violate what you've worked for, you know, or, or you were born given life, and that's not their right. But uh, so going back to the cow start, like we were talking about just a minute ago off off air, uh, you know, guy was walking out to his car, or not walking out to his car, he heard something outside, you know, like late at night, and uh, was confronted by an auto breaker, and he came at him with a, you know, with a, a weapon, and you know, he smoked his ass right there in the driveway. Sure. You know, and he was cleared up, yeah. you know, because of, of the castle doctor.
0: And, you know, thank God for it, because, you know, luckily when, during the protests in 2020, we, we didn't get it as bad as other states. But some of these other states, I mean, people were blocking the roadways yes. and getting on top of their cars. And, mm-hmm. I mean, full force, like 50 to 60 people blocking roadways, preventing innocent civilians who were just trying to get to work. Yeah. And, you know, thank God it does extend to,
1: your vehicle <laughs> yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah. um and you know i don't want to get into politics Sure, but, you know you know what i can't really stand on this it's like oh they were just protesting they were jumping on my car and bashing it in You know, i got my kid in the back of the car it could be a toddler it could be i don't give a shit You could know, be 20 years old he's still my kid right you know
0: and there's a difference between peaceful assemble and walking the
1: roadway exactly i don't care you want to protest all you want once you become violent
0: yes and start vandalizing yeah. blocking streets that's a whole nother level
1: why should i give my rights up to defend myself for your rights to supposedly first amendment to say what i gotta say but then it becomes violent is that still considered a right
0: and you can't have the first amendment without the second one exactly correct yeah well like i said um we've pretty much covered i've Done a couple of safety tips. Anything else on firearms before we switch? Anything else you'd like to add to that?
1: Uh, you know, uh, between like firearms, edge weapons or anything like that, you know, uh, Jeff Cooper said it best. You know, just because you own a uh, baby grand doesn't mean you're a piano concertoist. Right. Right. So just because you own a gun doesn't mean you're a gunfighter. That's right. You know, or you're able to, that's, you got to practice. You know, uh, I see people carry knives all the time yeah. and it doesn't take much. You just have sheer determination. You know, that's all it takes. That the will,
0: will, the will to live. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you don't need skill, but you know, you, know, you still got to practice. You got to Okay. That's fine. Can you uh, pull it out and try and open it while I, you know, punching you in the face, Right. you know, or hitting you with uh, you know, uh, a stick or a baseball bat or, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, you know, a brick, you know,
0: and a lot of men out here now, they have the tattoos and the beard, but they can't even drive a stick shift. You know, it's just a the point. You, you got you to you be able to back up what you say, you know. You to bring that up,
1: didn't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> stick shift. Can't even drive a, a manual. So, you know, if, if you're going to live up the persona, at least be able to know
1: is what I'm getting out of it. Hey, if you can't swing a tomahawk, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> no,
0: That's right. All right. Um, A couple more safety tips I wrote down, um, getting away from the firearms and Richard and I have seen it as well. Um, the police want to always be painted in a negative perspective and it kind of went back to what we talked about in the beginning. People like to play this victim mentality. What do you pull me over for if if law enforcement pulls them over? And what I, I wrote down here is basically just comply on the traffic stop when law enforcement pulls you over. That's all it takes. Um, Richard, you've seen it and I have. People's attitude is everything. Mm -hmm. And you know, I just tell people, this is not the traffic stop is not the time and the place for court. Yeah. Just because you have been charged with a violation and cited for a violation does not mean you're guilty. You have your day in court. That is what the judicial system's for. We have laws that we are there to protect and serve and to enforce. Mm -hmm. I may not agree with them all. You may not agree Mm -hmm. with them all. Exactly. And our job as law enforcement is to enforce those laws, mm-hmm. whether we like it or not. And you know, I tell people, if you don't like the law, go talk to your legislators. Yeah. You know, they're there to make the laws, we're there to enforce it. So I tell people on traffic stops, your attitude goes a long way. I tell people, keep your hands on the steering wheel. If you have a CWP, you can see a weapons permit, just tell the cop there. It makes things go so much easier when you go up there.
1: You get an ID. So Correct. you hand your driver's license the CWP should be with it. Right. You know, so it's, it's, when you get it, it's already told you, it should be explained to you. Correct. You know, when you get it. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry, I mean, to cut you off, but no, I no, I know no you're, you're fine. Know. No, no, you're you know, good. It's, uh, you know, it, sometimes, you know, law enforcement has gotten a, a really bad rap. Right. And people have gotten really entitled. Correct. You know, in a lot of ways. Uh, if you didn't work for it, And you still get it, you know, and things like that, Uh, you know, just spoon feeding everybody, I think. But, you know, it just goes down to, you know, a large majority of cops, and don't get me wrong now, some can be an asshole. There are some who don't need to be law enforcement. some don't need to be in law enforcement. Don't know how they pass a mental eval. It's the whole thing of, (laughs) what is it, Reacher? They joined the military for this. Well, it's in law enforcement too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, they 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 couldn't get a job anywhere else and, and they're trying to they need this or they need a steady paycheck. They right. lost their job. It was a family thing, even though they might be cut out for it. But it's you know, it's kind That's of little, Yeah, and then it's something that somebody really wants to do. Sure. You know, and like you said, you know, I didn't write the laws. That's right. You know, and I and maybe and, and I might not agree with them, but I'm gonna enforce them Correct. if I have to.
0: Correct.
1: You know, uh and a large majority of the time it's just, you know, if you if you cooperate and listen, and I don't care what neighborhood you're in. Yes. You know, I've had more rational shit from the wealthy side right? than than any other side that I could think of. Sure. You know? Sure. You know, and I, but I treat them the same way. Correct. You know, there's like, of course, then you get that phone call. Oh, hey, you so-and-so, and okay. Right. What do you want me to do about it? Right. You know, we got court coming up. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's just, like you said, it's... It's one of those, you know, just listen. That's right. You know, if you have a, a good, definitive argument, and I've had people that have asked me questions, and people I know, and, and I said, just go to court and argue your point. Right. Really? I said, yeah, and get, and they won.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, <laughs> it, 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 that's not the time to have court on the street. Yes. A, a cop more <laughs> should have pulled you over for a violation if you're in a vehicle, but yeah. it's always going to be the same thing. Don't introduce themselves. They'll ask for your license, registration, insurance. Mm-hmm. Majority of the times people will say, Hey, my wallet or my paperwork's in the glove box. I don't care if you reach it. If you're legally carrying, I don't care about your gun in the, the gun glove box. Yeah, You know, us being in law enforcement, I get nervous when I get pulled over by a cop. I mean, I've been pulled over before and you know, it's, it goes a lot smoother. It, it just Because you know. Cause
1: you because you know.
0: Because you know. Yeah. And, you know, attitude is everything. Yes. You know, I can see me calling my, my parents at two in the morning and telling them I've been pulled over for a seatbelt violation. You know, a lot of times people want to call all their family members and mm-hmm. make it a production. I'm like, it's a traffic violation. It's not a production. Yeah. Let's get this over with. Because they think
1: your, it's going to get them out of whatever here, they're about to do. Here's your into. ticket. Yeah.
0: You're not a victim. You violated a traffic offense. Here is your violation. See you in court.
1: Well, I mean, you and know. Be done with it.
0: See you on, You know?
1: Even th- even though everything's e-ticket now, but I mean, it, it, why does it say courtesy summons? Correct. It's what a, does a summons that mean? for court. Yeah. It's a courtesy summons because most right. traffic offenses are what?
0: Summons. And like I said, it's a traffic violation and it.
1: But I mean, you, you know, can take your ass jet. Correct. Correct. You know? And and people don't realize that, and it's like, come on, really? Yeah, you know, it, it's not what they want to do. And and it, it, laws are created for a certain reason so we can, ha- yeah, you know, not have chaos. Correct. Yeah, it's always been that way. And wait, go visit another country, like in the Philippines or India. Yeah, go drive there, and, and I want to hear about you complaining about something later
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes your money couldn't get you out of uh, it. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, a lot of people want to know how they can get involved in their communities. i wrote a couple of things down, um, organize a neighborhood watch and Richard can to this as well. Um, you know, cops can't be everywhere at one time. The neighborhoods are our eyes and ears. Mm-hmm. And I always tell folks, you know, kind of what Richard went back to about being alert and that color chart he talked about, but, you know, being aware of your surroundings, if something don't seem right, I tell people, you be that nosy neighbor. You get you buy yourself a pair of binoculars and get the, <laughs> and get the tag on that car. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we all have those nosy neighbors, and they know everything, know everybody in the neighborhoods, and that's the ones you want to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, organize a neighborhood watch, you know, and most areas in rural areas and urban areas have officers designed for those neighborhoods where they have meetings. Yeah. And you can bring up topics you're concerned about for your for your area, for your neighborhood. Um, so that's one way of getting involved.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, uh, getting the neighborhoods to get together together. <clears throat> and it could start off as a social event, but, you know, get with your neighborhood association president, you know, or just get with the neighborhood, Sure, you know, uh, communicate with each other, say, look, you know, we don't want this occurring in our neighborhood. Uh, and let's organize a, like I said, a neighborhood watch. Uh, uh, and you, sometimes you don't have to just make it a meeting. You know, we've done this where you're having, okay, well, let's, Get with the wherever jurisdiction we're in. We're going to block off this section. We're going to meet up with law enforcement who work in the area or the community uh, officers. And, you know, let's have this time to communicate and talk and see what we can do to make our community better, safer for our children, safer for us. You know, what can we do? And And what it boils down to is cooperation. That's right. You know, if you can't, if you don't, Communication is a big key thing. It's like you always tell people, what's good suppressors for, you know, suppressor is good for, you know, shoot, move, communicate. Yes. Communication is important, right? You know, but, uh, yeah. Uh, if you don't communicate, if the neighborhood doesn't communicate her and it, you know, it's, it's kind of like that. But if they communicate, you know, you got to have the manpower, you got to have the ability to address those issues, uh, and with everything that seems to be going on is just manpower short, right. but it doesn't mean that the departments can't do something about it. Sure. Uh, we just can't just drop everything. That's one thing where there's developing something, but the expectations too. And during these expectations, you have to clarify with them. Look, we not only will have, you know, community officers that can help and assist address the problem, but then they can address it and bring it to the different shifts. But on top of that, they have to understand, it's like, look, we can have someone come through here. We can try and address certain issues, things like that. We can have different units of the department, if possible. And it all depends what's going on in that neighborhood, right? right. But they also have to understand, like, you know, calls, uh, high priority calls have to come first.
0: Sure.
1: You know, we can't sit here the whole time. We can't do this. You know, this is where you, the community gathering information you know, of course, if something happens, you call 911, we're run, you know, we're going to be rolling that way. But it all depends on the level of call. But, you know, it, it takes cooperation. You know, if you stay silent and do nothing, you know, good investigations divisions will find, figure out and find whoever did what sooner or later. Sure. But the ideal is, why would you impede when we can end this vastly, yes. you know, and get someone in jail, right? you know, for the crime and then maybe stop a lot of the issues going on. But it has to. It has to do with communications from the neighborhood and the people and talk with their local law enforcement agencies, you know? Right. You know?
0: And I put another point down here. Most agencies have a ride-along program, and, you know, people are so quick to judge split-second decisions cop made. I, I tell everybody, go out there and do a ride-along. Your Your perspective on law enforcement will change. 100% versus you seeing it, watching cops and live PD on mm-hmm. TV, where you actually sitting in the seat and you're sitting there thinking, holy crap, what just happened? What
1: just happened? Yeah.
0: And the amount of calls that law enforcement have to go to, I mean, you may go to a dead body, mm-hmm. one call, and then the next minute you're going to a domestic and then next is a traffic stop. I mean, yeah. you deal with so many emotions on a, on a daily basis, you know, you're like, holy crap. Like you probably saw, you, you'll probably see in one night what, you know you'll probably that's the most activity you'll see your, yeah, your entire life yeah. in one night of doing a ride-along so i tell people get involved and do that as well
1: yeah and it's very good or police academy if the yeah. department has a citizen police because you know like you said you know you go from one motion to another and i remember uh you know i was going through uh school to be a peer for south carolina or S E leap mm-hmm. law enforcement assistance program and uh <laughs> One of the instructors there was saying, oh, you're a watch commander. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. He goes, you know, a lot of people don't realize that's all watch commanders do is see the most horrible shit sure. on the street. And I said, sure. yeah, because I mean, you know that, that's where you're needed. Right. You know. So, yeah, it's uh it, when people understand or I don't think people realize other than if they've been a victim or related to someone that's been a victim of that type of violent crime, you know, what really – exists and how evil people can be. Sure. You know, I just don't, you know, it's like, no, you you don't know evil. Yeah. You know?
0: All right. Uh, last point I have on here. Um, just a FYI, remember everything is not a law enforcement issue. Um, (laughs) it's 2022. Everything's done by cell phone, iPad as communication, but Mm -hmm. we as a society have lost the art of communication and talking with our neighbors and, you know, being able to address issues like me and you're talking with now, I mean, going to your neighbor saying, hey, <laughs> I have a problem with your property line. <laughs> you know, let's call law enforcement out here or, you know, it, community relations have taken a dwindle. And a lot of it had to do a lot of times with 2020 Corona. Everybody got scared and stayed yeah. inside for all those months. Um but we have lost the art of communication, I believe, mm-hmm. on that. Um, it's just to the point now where you, you can't even say hey to your neighbor. You know, it's just let us let it be a police issue.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, you would think, even though we were all occupied in residency other than us, sure, you know, at the time, that there would be better communication. Right. You know, you see each other in each other's backyard. Oh, yeah, we don't have to get close, but let's talk. Let's communicate. Sure, But it seemed to... Almost bring the worst. Almost like isolation. uh, uh you know, I didn't want to say therapy, but you know, isolation, staying away. I think we lose our communication ability because everything can be either text or email. Sure. You know, or I'll call you on the phone, and there's not that uh twic- text and email and like that. Even with neighbor, now you lose that. How do you put it? I'm gonna brain fart right now on this one that social communication yeah. yeah you're losing that disconnect there and you know people get this is this is where true colors really can come out on as far as like they're cooped up you know so you wonder how how if i want to get questions that, you know not me but like you know uh you see a movie like, oh, just, you know, isolation and this and that. And, da, 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 and people start, you know, showing their true colors. Well, That's what it's boiling down to. Sure. You know, or they're just irritated because they are cooped up. Right. You know, some people might like it. But, you know, if you don't have that freedom and that ability to move around and do whatever you want, uh, it's been taken away. Yeah. So now, you know, if... That's where, the, it, I think that's where the, you know, when you're talking about how neighbors can this and that and like that and argue and be irritated with each other, you know, and yeah, you know, you're being isolated. Sure. You know, you're limited on your uh, movement and, uh, you know, you start taking it out on people you don't expect to take it out on right. and, or start bickering over silly shit and you sure. don't need to be bickering about
0: and, you know, it goes back to the quote. I mean, it takes a village, you know. Yeah. Well, you know when your neighbors and knowing what's going on in your communities mm-hmm. and, and getting involved and in, um whenever there's school board meetings and, you know, county council meetings, city council meetings, mm-hmm. just being aware of, you know, who you got running running these things and just being just being aware of what's going on totally in your community, yeah, in your neighborhoods. is yeah. what it boils down to.
1: Yeah. No, I understand that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that kind of, like you said, it takes village, you know, but it also is like, uh, you know, you don't know who's in your village. That's right. You know, until, until something like that happened where you're all cooped up and everything. Then you see the true colors right. of the individuals, you know, come right.
0: out. Right. Okay. Um, well, I think that's about going to wrap it up for this episode. I think, and Richard, you tell me if I'm wrong, what we've talked about tonight on the podcast, I mean, you can watch National Geographic. It's the same in the animal kingdom. Lions and tigers prey on the weak. Mm-hmm. They always go after the weak ones. And, you know, especially if you have a family, it is your job as a man or the uh, the boss of your household to be alert and be the watcher on the wall for you and your family. And, um, you know, a lot of these tips that Richard and I have shared tonight, I hope, ha- has helped you. Is there anything else you would want to add as far as what we've talked about tonight?
1: uh you know a lot of time is don't make yourself when we go back to that whole when you said lions and like that you know don't make yourself look like prey sure uh and and don't get me wrong don't go out there puffing your chest out like you know nick does over here you know <laughs> and like because <that. laughs> he's in the gym Stop all the time yeah it. It. <laughs> yeah i'm talking about that but you know just posture carrying yourself looking around we go back to that you know being in the yellow zone uh, and it doesn't mean you have to be like, oh, I'm going to stare you down or, you know, and and like that. And it, it, it's just about, you know, looking confident, looking, you know, don't slouch your shoulders. I mean, unless you have an injury or something like that, you know, but, you know, you want to have good posture. You want to look around, you want to turn your head, you're observant. I'm not staring. And, you know, this is coming from years of experience, people I've talked to, not only in, in, in my field or our field or anything like that, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I mean. Predators are predators. I don't care if they're four-legged or bipedal. I set forward, okay, which is where that's the ultimate predator right there and and a higher brain function. The thing is, uh, you know, don't look like prey. Right. You know, try not to. Of course, we get older and things happen. But, you know, that's where the youth should be taking care of the Sure, you know, make sure that they're okay. But you know, that's how you should carry yourself. You shouldn't carry yourself at like, Oh, I'm the next victim or, or I'm sad all the time. or depressed all the time. And sometimes life's going to get to you and, uh, it's going to be rough. It's going to be hard. But when you're walking around, you know, hold your head up, pull them shoulder blades back, walk, overcome. Yeah. You know, and, and even if it's still, you know, that it's just the idea is how do you appear? Sure. Because if you ever look at when we talked about when you just brought up National Geographic, you know who gets singled out of a herd Always when a the predators come? Yeah, weak. So it's either going to be crippled, old, or baby, or baby. Yep. So you know, don't 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 be that. Sure. You know, and sometimes just people are just going to be people, and there's going to be evil, and it's like you know you made that bad decision, and guess what? You made that decision, you're an adult. Right. And you're going to get placed in somewhere that you didn't think you were going to go. And I mean, that's the predator, not the prey. That's right. So.
0: Well, Richard, I cannot elaborate enough. Thank you very much for doing this podcast with me. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this. And like I said, you are somebody I've always looked up to as a leader. Um, The way you carry yourself, like I said, I've known you for over 12 years, but. I've learned so much from you over the last 12 years. And like I said, I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up your butt, but like I said, I'm still learning from you. You've embodied, like I said earlier in the podcast, what a leader is. And I think that's what's missing in our culture right now is men who are good leaders. Um, let's go ahead and end it with this. What, what, what are qualities you see as far as being a leader? What, what qualities make a leader in your opinion?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, to honor my dad, and uh, a lot of people are not going to know my dad, uh, he fought all Korea, Uh, he was in 3rd Infantry, won Silver Star, Uh, became a ranger, uh, was in 1st Battalion, taught at Eglant Air Force Base Jungle Warfare, and then fought in Vietnam. Uh, So a lot of uh, things that he had talked to me about, and one of the things that he told me, especially because I was going to go military, and then he wanted me to get an education, and I found law enforcement. I'm like, well, you know, I could serve right here, too. Uh, and he basically said, he goes, whether you decide you want to go the route of being in a leadership position, you know, the ideal is you're with a team, you know, and like that. And he goes, and he always told me, he said, you can order your men to fight, but it doesn't mean they'll follow you into battle. Right he goes, so I want you to think about that for a while. And I just sat there and I'm like, hmm. And, of course, you know, being in the jobs that we were in, sooner or later, you figure that out real sure. quick. Right. Uh, I think a leader, and we've seen this. Uh, I've seen people in those type of positions where it's it's about themselves. Right. You know, uh, I wasn't brought up that way. So oh. I want my dad coming out the Crown, you know sticking me with a, a frickin' uh, Sheffield Rogers blade that that I've still got <laughs> hanging. Uh, you know, but it, but there's a fine line where, you know, yes, you know, I sacrifice myself for anybody if I'm in that position. But, uh, you know, they got to understand the time where, you know, where decisions have to be made. So, you know, I've always been, I'll take care of you. You know, we're going to make some decisions. If, if I foobard it up, then I'm the one that accepts it. Right. If I order you to do something and it isn't the right decision, call mate, I'm not going to drop it on your head. It's going to be me. And I've seen too much of that. Right. You know, and, and have heard things and like that happen. Uh, and I've seen people in positions scared to make a decision. Right. Because they're worried about their career. Sure. You know, and I'm like, fuck your career. We got people need help. We got people that are hurting. Right. You know, however, however it breaks down. You know, so I, I really don't give a shit about that. Yeah. but what about the public perspective? Who fucking cares? When people get hurt, people are dying, or anything like that. You gotta put that aside. You know, uh, and you know that's how I've always been. You know, I said, you know, you guys work. and said, so you can't sit there and and judge, you know, guys on the ground making last second, split second decisions that are out there handling calls or or racing to a call or like that, uh, and then jump in and well, they should have done this, you know, and, and I think a true leader and he stands up for his people, you know, yeah, you, you know, you screw up, you screw up. Sure. You know, accept the consequences. Right.
0: Accept responsibility.
1: Yeah. But don't sit there and judge when you're, you know, lounging at your house or been having a few drinks. And and then try and make that decision the next day, right? You know. Uh, so to me, it's it's uh, just like the Jocko Willing's book, right? You know, uh, you have to accept it, full responsibility. Sure. You know that's how leadership. I tell you what. Oh, I shouldn't mention his name because that'll definitely give me away. But you no don't have to. to go ahead. But there was there was one chief we had, and he held all commanders accountable. Well, they did that. Like it could be someone below a sergeant on the street down a call or handling something. He goes, It's your region. You're the commander. I hold you responsible. Right. Hardcore Marine. Loved him to death. You know, he knew what it meant to be a leader. Right. And he sat there and he said, because these guys, sergeants and down on the ground, they're the ones on the street. They're the ones hustling these calls. What are you doing to support them? Right. And why did that, that officer fuck up? You know, what happened? And he would never use those words. You know, he, just, he was so intelligent. He can talk to you real softly and you just realize, you know, three minutes later, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Did he just insult me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Walk away shaking your, yeah, yeah, you your head. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Uh, but he, he was good and uh, he held, you know, those people responsible. Right. You know, don't, don't, if you start thinking too much about yourself and which I've seen way too much of, it it's it's very belittling, to, and there's no and it goes back to what my dad said. You can order your men to fight, but it doesn't mean they'll follow you in battle. That's right. And uh that's what will happen. you know you you gotta show them, yeah, you you know, I'm gonna lay it in your ass, you know you screw up, but when it's time comes to do something, they're willing to, hey, I don't care what I just did and what I had, I had to deal with or punishment-wise. Right. But you know what? He backed me up no matter what back and forth and all this time. Yeah. He'll always be there. You know? And, and it, you are not know, always going to make the right calls. But that's when you have to fess up. And even say, look, you know, that was mine. I'll own that. Period. Right, right. right. No matter what. Right. You know? And, and if you're in a position where it's not such a large group, but even like when being a sergeant, you know, or or being, you know, in that position over the city, at, uh, I knew all of them pretty much with family, what's going on, things like that, you know. And uh, when officers would, you know, get in a fight or get hurt, you know, I was always checking up on them. And it was like, I told you that to, uh, one time, uh, when the officer, you know, I'm like, and it told me the mentality that was going on out there and the fear they had. And I said, Hey, I said, are you good? And he was like, just in this fight, you know, guy was beating this woman in the intersection and he goes, Hey,
0: well, he goes, uh,
1: I, I, I had to, you know, he did this and I had to do that. And I had to put my hands on my side. I said, I didn't fucking ask you that. I said, are you okay? Right. I said that's all I'm concerned about. I said if, well, as long as he's in the back of that damn car or, and she's okay. But I said, but I'm more worried to make sure that you're okay. And let me stop you right
0: there. I remember one time when I was working with you, we uh, I'd got T-boned at an intersection, probably like fifty or sixty miles an hour.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the captain pulled up and said, uh, "How's the car?" And <laughs> you walked over there and about lost your mind, and you said, "What do you mean, how the car is? How are you?" The car can be replaced, but you can't. <laughs> like, you lost your mind. But uh yeah, it just made me think of that when you said that. Um
1: Yeah, me and that captain had it out a couple of times.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um anything else you want to add to that?
1: Uh no, it's just uh you know, it's like you said, uh I, I, a leader you expect good work out of your people and then they expect good work out of you. Right. Especially to support them. If they're busting their ass, you better be sure as damn well be there for them also. Sure. You know, you still have have to have confidence in your decision-making when you handle stuff. And then they, and in, in resolve of that, they will have, you know, confidence in you that you have their back. Sure. Yeah. You know, plain and simple. You know, it's uh been there a couple times with the teams and, you know, it's like, didn't see from anybody else and, you know, critical incident. And after debrief and statement writing and everything else, it's like, okay, well, you're going to be at my house after this. Right. Okay. Right. And you're going to bring your family, your girlfriends, whoever. We're going to sit down and, uh, you know, we're gonna. I'm going to cook out. I'm going to buy everything else. And we're just going to enjoy. No. Yeah. You know, and let them know that, you know, they, they did what they had to do and it was the right thing you know but then we work next day
0: yeah yeah so um well richard like i said what what better way to honor your father than on father's day as well i mean that's that's a legacy he passed on to you and you know you've passed it on to your guys and that's why people have always respected you and uh i always have i mean i'm always going to put my father first but between you and one other gentleman y'all have always been a role model to me and I, i greatly appreciate that um You've always had your guys back. Like I said, when, when I work with Richard every Sunday, he's like, we're, I don't care what happens today. We're all going to eat together. <laughs> no matter what happens, I will grill out. But every Sunday we all ate together. It didn't matter how many calls we were in the hole. I said, Richard always said, we're going to cook out, um, he always had his guys back. He never cared. He didn't give like, two craps what anybody said. I mean, you knew where Richard stood at, and he was going to express that in in meetings. And you knew he had your back one hundred percent. And um, I've learned so much from you the last twelve years. And thank you for passing that on to me. Man, I appreciate. Um, it. You're trying to make me cry. <laughs> no, no, no. Forget, <laughs> before the waterworks come on, um, it was probably ten years ago. Me and uh, Richard and I were working, and he uh, he came in. With this and put this thing down, everybody on the table, and I have taken this and passed it on to some of the people that I mentor as well, and uh, it's called One Warrior's Creed, and this is by uh, Lieutenant uh, Randy Watt.
1: Well, he's a chief now in Utah, so. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Met him at the NTOA.
0: Okay. Um, Those out there listening, I'm going to leave this with y'all, and I, I keep it on the side of my fridge, and every new guy that comes through, I try to give this to them. It says, if today is to be the day, so be it. If you seek to do bad with me this day, you will receive the best that I am capable of giving. It may not be enough, but it will be everything that I have to give, and it will be impressive, for I have constantly prepared myself for this day. I have trained, drilled, and rehearsed my actions so that I might have the best chance of defeating you. I have kept myself in peak physical condition, schooled myself in the martial skills, and have become a proficient in the application of combat tactics. You may defeat me, but you will pay a severe price and will be lucky to escape with your life. You may kill me, but I am willing to die if necessary. I do not fear death, for I have been close enough to it on enough occasions that it no longer concerns me. But I do fear the loss of my honor and would rather die fighting than to have it said that it was without courage. So I will fight for you no matter how insurmountable it may seem and to the death, if need be in order that it may never be said of me that I was not a warrior. Um, Richard, thank you very much for the podcast. Thank you for imparting your wisdom on all of us people listening. And I hope people can take something out of this and apply it to their personal lives and not be victims and be the, the weak, animals in the herd where the lions can attack them because the world's getting worse every, every day Listen to the news. It's so Richard again. Thank you very much. No, you're welcome. I All enjoyed right. it. That's going to end the podcast again. If you like what you heard today, please share with your family, friends, and coworkers. We're now on Spotify. And like I said earlier on Apple podcast, um, continue to share your photos of the potholes as well as putting your shopping carts back. I will share them on the Instagram page. Um, I look forward, Mr. Jay's posted another interview with us here. I'm going to try to get that lined up next week. So y'all look out for that. Keep an eye on the Instagram page. I will be posting when the upcoming episodes will be available as, as well as the guests will be interviewing. Remember, put your shopping carts back, support your first responders. We support the first and second amendment, support your truckers, um, LEOs, uh, tell them thank you when you see them. Uh, remember to try to, try to buy American made products, support your mom and pop businesses, and we will see you okay. on the next episode.
1: Tractor Supply.
0: Tractor Supply. <laughs> Richard, it, do you want to give an introduction you <laughs> want to give earlier? No. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, there you go. One more time, Richard. <laughs> no, I'm not doing the Hodge okay. Twins thing. <laughs> Hodge Twins, sorry. He wanted to do it. All right, y'all. We'll see y'all next episode. Until then, y'all be blessed. We'll take care. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to the show. You survive. Apply if necessary. Remember to put your shopping cart
1: back where it belongs. Re rack your weights. And don't be a lab rat. And no is still an answer. We'll see you on the next episode. Until then, be blessed.